Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to Forward with NACI. This episode is a replay of an inspiring discussion held during the 2021 Future Building Summit in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It was sponsored by the Kauffman Foundation and included inspiring thinkers and leaders from all sectors, government, business, policy, and philanthropy. We talk about charting a new course and rebuilding in 2022. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Renee Johnson to the stage from Public Strategies and also our good friend Tom Downs, who is an attorney in DC. And we are going to be joined by an official from the SBA, which we are loving working alongside them in their work. So. Renee, so nice to meet you. It's the first time we've actually met in person. Thank you so much. Hi, Tom, how are you? Okay, all right, so I will leave it to both of you. Your microphone is right there. Well, hello, everyone. Well, I can't hear you guys. Hello! Are you guys excited for this panel? Because it is amazing. We have two amazing panelists, and I just, I'm just so excited to just hop in. But I'll give you a little, a little, background about me. My name is Renee Johnson. I'm with Public Private Strategies, and I'm a senior advisor there. Public Private Strategies, we are a consulting firm, and we have several little little groups under our band where we do work for small businesses. Uh, we help advocate. We help uh, consult. We help connect. We're networkers and trying to make sure small businesses are amplified and making sure that they have a seat at the table. Uh, I come to this work because I come from a small business family. People don't think churches are small businesses, right? Have you ever thought about that? Guess what? They are. <laughs> they are. In my family, we have a church uh, in Waukegan, Illinois. So I'm a Midwesterner by, by birth, but I live on the East Coast now in D.C. And I'm so excited because these amazing people on the panel are also doing work in the District of Columbia, but also helping our nation. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves, tell, them about, tell you all about themselves, and then we're going to hop into a couple questions. So we'll start off with Tom. Thank you so much, Renee. It is wonderful to be here with you. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity. This is actually my fourth annual NACI conference where I've been a panelist, so I'm really thrilled to be here. Last year was virtual, um, but it's wonderful to be here in the Twin Cities. Um, so I'm also based in Washington, D.C. I'm an attorney. I've been in D.C. for about 30 years. Um, worked on Capitol Hill for 10 years and was an attorney at large D.C. law firms for about 20 years. And he still looks 21. <laughs> But I, I founded my own firm about six years ago, mostly to work for community colleges, um, something that I've been passionate about for about 20 years now. So I've been representing statewide community college organizations and statewide systems in nine different states, and then individual two-year public colleges in about 30 states. Um, so it's been really, really good, and um, it's wonderful to be here. 
Wow. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the work you've done to help so many community colleges and students and families, because, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, you should go to a four-year institution, but many people go to community colleges for numerous reasons and are successful, amazing, and are actually thriving because of the work that so many of you have done to make community college accessible for them. So thank you for all that work you've done. And now Veronica with the small U.S. Small Business Administration would love for you to tell us uh, a little bit about you. Hi, Renee. Great to see you uh, again. And thank you, Nacy, and all the, the team and leadership for putting this conversation together. Uh, just a quick introduction. I'm Veronica Pekin. I'm a senior advisor in the Office of Capital Access at the Small Business Administration. And I have the privilege of working on making capital, small business capital as accessible and equitable as possible um, in the programs that the Office of Capital Access um, manages. I come to this role having a background working on uh, economic development and using tech, um, technology and operations to promote um, programs and products to meet disadvantaged communities uh, with a focus on Latino, Black, and low to moderate income communities. Um, I operate around the belief that we have the technology, we have the data, we have a lot of the operations to get the programs and products that, that exist to the communities that need them and to also learn from those communities of how those can continuously be made better to best meet the needs. Um, what brought me to the SBA is alignment and excitement with, um, for the administrator's vision. Um, the administrator of the SBA is a true champion of equity and access um, and has demonstrated that throughout her career. So excited and honored to get to work on promoting that each day. Thanks so much, Veronica. We appreciate all the work you do at the SBA. And yes, it's great to see you again because Veronica, she she has been on many webinars that, that we have done together uh, as well with NACI uh, over the course of the last few months of trying to make sure uh, small business owners understand the access uh, and resources the U.S. Small Business Administration has. So thank you for your work both NACI and U.S. Uh, Small Business Administration has done. Um, and I'm going to like to start with you, Tom, on a quick question. Um, we see now more than ever that there are numerous small businesses that are in need of saving. And you do so much work and help through the community colleges and districts across the country. What are some of the common themes you have seen that can help some of the hardest hit small businesses during this time? Sure. I would say, first of all, um, the workplace has changed dramatically as a result of the pandemic. Maybe that's an obvious point, but I remember earlier this year, back in the first quarter, we organized a, an online forum for the California Community Colleges with Martha Cantor, who used to be um, Deputy Secretary of Education and was a leader in the California Community College system before that. And she made the observation that um, we're not going back. This either fully online or hybrid online when and if the pandemic is gone, we're probably going to remain this way. So I think a lot of small businesses are really reevaluating the way they do business, fundamentally the way they operate. And I also figure if Martha Kander says it's true, it's probably true. <laughs> so, um, so that's one. Um, another is I think we really need to um, not underestimate the impact of climate change um, in driving um, economic changes and policy changes. And just one example there is the move toward uh, electric vehicle technology 
is going to affect many small businesses. Large companies, obviously, the auto manufacturers, but the the mechanics who repair and, and work on cars all over the country. Automotive technology is going to fundamentally change just in the next few years. So um, that's very, very difficult work. It's very, very, just having a conversation with the new board chairman here of NACI, how dangerous that work is too. So there are a lot of challenges that are going to be driven by, again, the, the changed workplace, I think, and then also, um, very importantly, climate change. And that's interesting because I think a lot of people don't suspect climate change would be impacted. And so how do you tie that together, right? Like we're seeing COVID as, as this thing where people can't go where they want to go, right? People can't do the normal things that they would like to typically do every day. And, you know, we're seeing schools are trying to figure out what, what is this hybrid situation. Um, and that goes with community colleges as well, right? And we're seeing that there are new small business owners are developing nowadays. People are trying to figure out, okay, you know what? I don't want to go back to the office. I want to create my own business. What, what does this mean? Like, how, how are we coming into this new sort of new world order, if you will? That's a really, really good question. I think um, it's kind of like reimagining what it means to go to work. Yeah. I remember hearing the ads on TV, maybe 15 years, or on the radio 15 years ago for gotomeeting.com and thinking, why on earth do we need to do that? Is that really important? And now many of your institutions, uh, I would imagine, are excited about going to San Diego next week for the ACCT annual conference. I'm going. I'm actually bringing my whole family. I'm really excited about it just to travel <laughs> to San Diego. But that's going to be few and far between. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for the people who are in the business of putting on uh, in-person events, I think that's just going to affect all segments of society. And again, the workplace is fundamentally changed. Maybe not for everyone. There are certain occupations um, that absolutely will remain, uh, you know, from first responders to other essential workers that um, they can't be virtual, but much of society. And I think many small businesses are going to emerge successfully recognizing uh, how to harness new technologies. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Veronica, I would love to pull you into this conversation uh, because we know the SBA, particularly the Capital Access Team, uh, have worked hard and tirelessly over the course of this pandemic to find innovative means to assist small business owners across the country during this time. What are some of the initiatives you are currently working on that are going to help small business owners get through this pandemic or at least help them continue to thrive or at least help them sort of work their way into survival? Yeah, so the, the Office of Capital Access and the SBA, broadly speaking, throughout the pandemic has been the agency um, implementing and distributing uh, the small business resources launched as part of the federal response to COVID-19 pandemic uh, disaster. And so those have consisted of PPP, the restaurant revitalization funds, the shuttered venues grant, these varieties of programs, um, and COVID idle, the economic injury disaster loan. Um, as of today, the remaining um, resource to support small businesses in recovery who are still weathering the pandemic um, and its impact on small business that you know, everyone's highlighting is the COVID idle small business federal loan program that also has um, a grant component for low income communities. Um, and the COVID idle loan program in summary is a, it is a loan 
that this distinguished itself from other programs that were grants or forgivable loans, uh, but it's a loan with generous terms at a 3.75% interest rate with every payment horizon of 30 years, two-year deferment. And that, to answer your question, Renee, in terms of ways that this program set up to try to meet the needs of various communities, a couple areas um, come to mind um, for that question. One, the program, this loan is offered directly via the SBA. And so there are other programs that entailed um, having a financial institution as intermediary. And historically, the SBA has those programs and still does, and those meet an important need. Um, but COVID Idol, um, a small business owner could access that directly through the SBA, could apply directly on the SBA website and, and access that. And that opened up the doors for small businesses who maybe had um, a challenge or didn't have a history with an external financial institution. Um, so just that was one step. Another piece was this past month, uh, policy changes were announced when it became more, it was becoming more evident over time that the, the pandemic and the recovery is going to take more time than, than anyone wanted. And so the administration announced policy changes um, several weeks ago that entailed increasing the amount of funds a business could get as eligible um, and allowing businesses to use the funds to pay down debt, so prepay commercial debt. So we've noticed over this time, small businesses in an effort to survive, um, thinking this is just another few months or this is another, you know, kind of to Tom's point, um, this is not going away so as soon as everyone wanted. And so you have these small businesses that were burdened with commercial debt, higher interest rates. And so this was a policy change that attempt to make this program meet those needs that were surfacing more and more over time. So now businesses can use it to pay off commercial debt and also make payments on federal debt. Um, and then just a final point to round up there, um, the SBA also learned through this process um, and you know, a lot of the panels in this, this event have been discussing the importance of access. And for a lot of small businesses could really benefit from COVID idle and other programs. Um, at times there was a breakdown in either distribution of the information to certain communities and or the resources to complete an application. So I don't know if anyone's completed applications for federal resources. At times there's forms and there's intake form and there's this requirement and which document do I need when? And, and so we've, you know, the Office of Capital Access and the agency in general dove into that working towards, and this is still a work in progress, but working towards a vision that you should not need an accounting team to be able to apply for this resource as a small business. And so really ramping up our application support resources, our technical assistance. Um, and that sometimes that looks like policy changes, operational changes, and sometimes that looks like I've done at this point seven office hours where I get online and small businesses show up and ask those detailed questions. And it's a way to learn more about what are the needs, what's confusing here, how can we make this more and more accessible? No, that is, that's amazing. And thank you for recognizing that you shouldn't need a tax accountant. You shouldn't need a lawyer. You shouldn't need a doctor and like a, an entire like triage team to fill out a form to get assistance because technical assistance, it, it, it's just when you need help, the last thing you need is to have to have help to get help right? <laughs> like it doesn't help. It defeats the purpose. So thank you for, for being um, 
receptive to that change. We appreciate that. I think many small business owners appreciate that so much. Uh, would love to hear from Tom about maybe like what's happening in the States or what you're seeing as well about some of these changes, because I know we're hearing federally about, you know, some of these changes and access and, you know, COVID idle. Are you hearing or seeing anything in the States um, that are helping small businesses and community colleges or districts as well? I would say um, not so much on a state level, but on a national level, there really has been a recognition in recent years of the capabilities of two-year public colleges. I can remember not too long ago when um, federal agencies, where, whether it's in a competitive grant environment or a cooperative agreement environment, really didn't consider, um, I call them junior colleges or technical colleges or community colleges, to be eligible to participate. And in recent years, Congress has stepped up and created new programs uh, such as centers of excellence and things like agribusiness and, and maritime and unmanned aircraft systems, drones and that sort of thing. Um, and so you don't just, if you, if you, those of us who actually read grants.gov every day, I wouldn't recommend it, but you'll see that they'll say, you know, four-year and two-year institutions, but it really goes beyond that. And it wasn't so long ago when federal agency staff took the position that uh, you really were not, you know, you're not really welcome in that in that context. So um, I think there is more of a level playing field. So community colleges, I think more and more are being recognized as a, a place to go. For some people, maybe a place to start and then move on to a four-year degree, but for many others, a place to get really, really important marketable skills, including skills that are needed for small business. That's great to hear. It's great to hear. Um, I'd love to wrap up with one last question for both of you, and it's um, there are many people who are choosing to start their own businesses during this time, and to be honest, they don't know where to start, right? Um, and both of you are very resourceful and knowledgeable. If you could just say in like one minute each, what are some good tips uh, or words of encouragement or resources as well as policies that you would like to recommend to them? We'll start with Veronica. For a small business owner today, well, I'd say, uh, as uh, Renee mentioned right there, um, there are um, continued efforts at the federal level to make the resources increasingly accessible. There's a recognition, as was highlighted, that there's continued um, progress to be made there. But the reason I highlight that is that certain resources are being updated over time. For example, I engage with small business owners every day who are accessing COVID idol and the something as simple as the website being updated just a month ago with more resources for you, more information that walks you through being able to apply for COVID idol that was not there last month. And so I talked to small business who checked it last month and then the resources weren't there. Now they are. And so I just highlight as an example as that that's that wheel's turning and changing. And of course we wish that it was done and where it needs to be, we're, we're continuing updating each day, getting more information out there, at least at the SBA level. So that's one thing I would highlight, number one. Number two, um, in terms of where the pandemic is going and the economy, as I mentioned before, we know that this is dragging out longer than anyone desires. And so as a small business owner, getting as informed as possible of the SBA resources, getting on that newsletter, sba.gov, following us on social media, we are pushing out new resources. Leadership is continuously exploring how can we expand the resources, knowing that this is continuing. 
And so getting on that list so that you could be first to know um, is, is something I'd recommend. Thank you. Tom, your turn. I think I want to piggyback a little bit, Renee, on, on those comments, because I think we need to recognize the unprecedented amount of federal spending that's moving its way through right now, beginning with the CARES Act, more recently with the American Rescue Plan Act. And of course, that's coming through state governments, through city governments, um, community colleges, of course, really are instrumentalities of the state. They're eligible for a lot of that funding. So when it comes to small business, um, I think it would be well advised to um, get to know, if you don't already know, but make contact with your, your municipal government, your county government, your state representatives, your state leaders, because many of them are really struggling with how to allocate these federal resources. In fact, there's an article someone just sent me um, before I walked up here, how small towns are turning back COVID money. They're not finding ways to spend it. You, you find um, counties setting up special grant competitions for nonprofits and small businesses, and they're not getting sufficient applications for the money. So um, it's unprecedented, it's a huge amount of money, and there's almost two more years before it has to be obligated. So uh, in the next couple of years, that's a real opportunity for small businesses. Wow. And what I like to tell people is there's money out there with your name on it. Go get it. Right. So go claim your money. Go apply for these grants. They, it's, it's yours. Go get it. Uh, go get that money. Right, Tom? Go get it. <laughs> Want to thank Veronica and Tom so much for this amazing discussion. Um, we, we really had a great time. And thank you guys both so much for all these resources. Would love to take it, turn it back over to Dr. Corbett. Thank you, Veronica. Thank you, Tom. Uh, thank you, Renee, for, for moderating that session. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at nacy.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard about our latest book, Impact Ed, How Community College Entrepreneurship Creates Equity and Prosperity? This is our roadmap for building back better in 50 states and globally. In each chapter, we share the inspiring stories of everyday entrepreneurs, and explain how community colleges play a crucial role in their success. Visit us at nacy.com forward slash impact ed to order your copy now and join us in this work. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www.nacyplaybook.com.